What two-letter word can make all the difference in your business? Here's your hint. It ain't yes. Join us for this episode of The Inside BS Show. Hey now, Nikki G. Forget the fact that yes starts with three letters. We're talking about the word no and why it's your best friend in business. Thanks for joining me today. How you doing? I'm great. This is my favorite part of the day, Dave. How are you? <laughs> oh, it's my favorite part of the week. I love hanging out with you, even though you make fun of me because I'm wearing the operator number one headset, which you will be wearing when we do live events. So just for context, folks, That's right. if you think Nikki G has a little spring in her step today, it's because she gets to make fun of me constantly because <laughs> I have a ridiculous soccer announcer slash airline pilot headset on because I'm testing it for when we do our live events. It has over-the-ear headphones, which happen to be a little warm, and it has a wraparound microphone. I look like a spaceman, but I sound great. I feel great, and we've got a great topic for you today. Today's show is go for the no, and the reason why the word no can be your best friend in business. So, Nicola, when you hear the word no, how does it make you feel? And after you tell us that, I've got a follow-up question for you. So when you hear the word no, how does it make you feel? The word no makes me feel motivated to push forward personally because I have received no a lot to get through business and you have to be able to work through that if you're going to be successful. So I'm not offended by the word no. And frankly, it's a source of motivation for me. Yeah, well, that's because you're a savage. I mean, that, and that's the reason why we're, we're working together. Most people, <laughs> when they hear no, they, get, they feel hurt. They feel angry. They feel frustrated. And here's the reason why they feel hurt. They feel angry. They feel frustrated. They think that when they hear the word no, the rejection is about them, right? So if I ask you to do something – and you say no to me, and I'm trying to think about the last time you said no to me with anything. I can't, I can't really remember a time, but if you said no to me, you know what that would do? That would, um, that would make me want to figure out another way to present it to you because I always have your best interests at heart. And I know that if I have your best interests at heart, it's just a, it's just a matter of me making you see that I have your best interests at heart and that I want what's best for you. Right. So that's the way I look at it. So when I hear the word no, I just don't take it as a final be all end all. I take it as a more of a not now or not under those conditions or not the way you presented it. And I think that's the way you feel about it, too. But most people take the word no as final and as rejection. Now, here's my follow-up. I told you I had a follow-up. Here's my follow-up. My follow-up to you is this, Nicola. How does it make you feel when you say the word no? Oh, man, it feels good. feels great, <laughs> right? Doesn't, doesn't the word no make you feel empowered? Doesn't the word no fit make you feel like you're in control? And Nikki G, we all know there's nothing you love more than being in control. So the uh, word no makes you on. feel good, right? Right. It does. It does. It makes you feel that you have the power to make decisions and we all want to be there as business owners. So if you want to make something happen, if you're looking for financing, you're a CEO and you're seeking financing, or you're looking for somebody to buy your company as a CEO, or you're in sales and you want to sell something to someone, you want to make them feel empowered. 
So the first thing you got to do is you got to show them that it's okay. You got to give them permission to say no. If you give them permission to say no, they feel like they're in control. And I'm going to let you and the dozens of people who are listening today in on a little secret. True control is giving someone else the illusion of control. Think about that for a minute. True control is giving someone else the illusion of control. So if I want you to say yes to something, I want you to know the whole time that it's your decision, that you have the power to decide yes or no. And then I just got to go to work and showing you, number one, that I'm interested in doing what's best for you. And I'm interested in making sure that you get exactly what you want. And then all I got to do after I convince you of that is convince you that my solution will be what's best for you. And my solution will get you exactly what you want. So that's why the word no is so important. Every sales process, every successful sales process starts with a no somewhere. You know, I'm learning a lot about our business relationship here today with your approach. <laughs> so I've never had the ability to say no to you. <laughs> so jokes aside, you, and especially with sales, you've got to be able to handle no to be successful. You know, I used to know these numbers. So back in my, my first professional career working in real estate, we, you know, as a manager, manager would call it, we dialed for dollars. You picked up the phone and you dialed for leads. And you knew what that percentage was. And I don't remember today, you might actually still know kind of on average what your conversion was between the number of reach outs. But we knew it was it was hundreds of calls converted to whatever percentage was of people who would even be some type of lead, like a potential, I guess they're, they're the suspects. Like the, the, the suspects out there, there was a long list of them. And to get them to the prospects, there was a very small number. You know, let's say that percentage was something like 10% or 15%. So you just knew, I gotta get through all these calls, I'm gonna get there, it's a numbers game. And I'm gonna hear no a lot more than I'm gonna hear maybe or possibly or tell me some more. So you've gotta be able to handle that or you will be crushed. And the less that you are out there asking for business and trying to develop more business, you're going to hear no. So you cannot allow the, that rejection to cripple your efforts, it will. You've got to be able to process it and just know a lot of this is a numbers game. And a lot of this is just learning how to get better so that you can convert more of those no's to yeses. Think about how you and I started our time together today. Well, it's a couple of hours ago now. We, we were talking about a handful of business things. And I know how busy you are over the next couple of weeks. And I said, hey, listen, I'm going uh, to give you permission to say no to me on this thing. But here's what I want to do. And, you know, if you're too busy, just tell me no, and it's it's not a problem. And what happened? <laughs> you said yes. I but I'm, I'm okay I, being pushed, but it's true. It's true. I, I yes. You know, but I, I don't I, – I, you, you understand that I am genuinely okay with you telling me, hey, listen, I just can't do this now. And I, and I said that to you from a place of caring – where I'm like, hey, you know, I know how busy you are and I don't want to impose something on you that is unfair. When we sit down with a prospect, we know we have the best solution for them. We just don't understand the, the level of their commitment. 
So when I sit down with a prospect in my business, I tell them they have two choices they can make at the end of our time together. Choice number one is they can uh, decide that we're a good fit. And I have the same option, by the way. I can decide that we're a good fit. And in that case, we each say yes and we move forward in a business relationship. If either one of us doesn't think we're a good fit, then the one person can say no to the other person. I can say no to them or they can say no to me. And I ask the prospect, I say to them, are you okay telling me no if you think we're not a good fit? And immediately the prospect is like, of course, I'd be happy to tell you no, right? The one thing you can't do is you can't say maybe or you can't say you want to think it over. If you want to think it over, it's got to be a no. Are you okay with that? And that makes the prospect sit up in their chair and they go, mm, okay, all right. So I got to listen now and I got to pay attention and I got to really make a decision here. So the answer could be yes or it could be no. And I'm okay if it's no. I'm a big boy. I hear no all the time. But you can't say maybe. You can't say I want to think it over. Are you okay with that? And now keep in mind that I've been invited in. This is after I've already qualified them. I know they could be a potential client. I know there's the opportunity for us to potentially work together. So they're fully qualified. And it's just either a yes or a no that we're going to get at the end of our time together. And, you know, when it's a 50-50 chance, I, I feel pretty good about my odds. I'm pretty, I'm pretty good in that, uh, in that environment. So that's the deal right there, getting them to understand that they can say yes or they can say no. Now, and with cold outreach, I expect no. I expect no from people who are uninitiated, you know, the non-Dave Lorenzos of the world. You should expect no 90% of the time when you first start. Or if you're selling a new business or a new product or a new service, 90% no is – is the right success rate. In fact, you and I were, we, we were doing a seminar yesterday and I shared people who are brand new, 99% rejection rate. And everybody in the room kind of sat up and they're like 99% rejection rate. Well, yeah, when you first, when you first start or if it's something that's brand new, of course. And you learn every no, you learn something from that and you either tailor the way you present the information or if it's a brand new product or a brand new service, you change the product or service to make it more compelling. I thought those numbers were really eye-opening for a lot of people. So as someone who was in the room when you were providing those remarks, uh, it wasn't just the first number. It was, and you know, you can share them here. It was, you know, what was the conversion after, I think it was, you used one month, four months, six months, and a year. And the response was still... For those people who are not very familiar with those numbers, it was still a lot of surprise because they expect it to be a lot higher. Yeah, so to a cold audience with a brand new product or a brand new service, the numbers that I shared were based on work that I've done with my clients where I got good information, good data, initial outreach. So in my business, we'll take my business, initial outreach, if it's a brand new, pro brand new service that I'm providing and I'm in front of an audience of 100 people, I'll get one person will say yes right off the bat, out of a room full of 100 people. They'll come running up to me after the presentation and they'll sign up. In three months after, you know, after follow-up for three months with me sending educational emails where I'm not selling anything, an additional 3%, so take the numbers up to 4%, will come off the list and do, and do business with me because they built up the trust, they built up the familiarity, they finally see the value, whatever it is. Then after six months, 
six months of weekly follow-up with educational information, continuing to build the trust, we get to a place where maybe 7%, 7% of folks will come off the list and will do business with me. So that original audience of, of, of 100 people, if all of them go onto the list, one person right away, then four people after three months, and then six months, seven people, right, out of an audience of 100, then we get to, let's say, five years down the road of emailing that audience every week, communicating with them, delivering educational information every week, you get to about 28%. So if you round it up, 30%. This is with uninitiated people who've had no exposure to me before, and I'm selling the same service over and over and over again. 30%. So 30 out of that 100 people five years later after follow-up. So what, do you, what does that mean, right? If you only got in front of 100 people, that was, that was your entire outreach for your entire business. You only got in front of 100 people. During the course of a year, you're probably going to sign up maybe seven. I think after 12 months, it, it goes up to like 12%, 15%, right? So you're only going to sign up 15 people. So what does that tell you? It tells you two things, right? You got to make your offer more compelling. If you doubled that, think about how it changes your life if you double that. Two people from in the room, eight people after three months, 14 people after six months, 30 people after a year, 60 people after five years. Now you're talking on an entirely different ballgame if you make a better offer. But there's another part of the equation. What if you got in front of 100 people every month? Now you're changing the dynamics completely. You get in front of 100 people every month, you're talking about, what, eight people after three months coming off the list. But because you're getting in front of 100 people a month, that number increases exponentially the more you do. What if you change the size of the audience and it goes from 100 people to 200 people? What if you get in front of two of those audiences every week? There are so many ways to work on the equation that the no is irrelevant because you increase the size of the pie. The size of the pie is limitless. Yeah. So I thank you for sharing the numbers because this is really what I wanted to dig into with you, Dave. It's first of all, let me take a step back. If you don't know what your numbers are, how many people you are reaching out to, how many people you are pitching and what your conversion rate is, you need to go do that right after you're done listening to this episode because you have to know that to understand how effective you are today, what you need to change to make yourself more effective and how you can expand that group in the way that they was describing so that you can increase the, the conversion rate for yourself. So number one, know your numbers. Two, definitely change your approach. So what's working for you? And if you, you know, your numbers aren't that great and you've been doing this for a few months now, then you've got to change something. That means there's something wrong. You've got to readjust what you're doing and see how that works. You continue to track it that's how you're going to know that you're on the right track to developing a better approach to increasing the conversion rate. But this all goes back to our main point, which is you have to appreciate that you're going to receive notes. And a lot of this is a long game. So this could take years to get to the highest rate. I mean, you described a five-year period to get there. 
you know, working in a professional services space, I've seen it take up to 10 years to get a really excellent client. I'm talking, you know, middle market company or a company, you know, even large market companies. Those relationships can take you up to 10 years to get into one of these big companies. And when you get in, that'll be a client forever. But if you're only working on one, if you're working on two, it's going to be a long time before you're making a lot of good money. So you better have a plan in place where you're increasing those numbers as to how many companies you're trying to focus on to develop relationships with to get there. Because a lot of this is a long game, especially with good clients. Yeah, we the the real eye-opening thing I think yesterday from being in the front of the room. I mean, you were you were in the room with the with the audience, but being in the front of the room when I saw everybody's eyes go, literally get huge was when I said to them, "Hey, let's take it back to a networking group. Let's take it back to provisors." And I said, "All of you are envious of what Nicola and I have done in building. And those of you who are out there who are not improvisers, this is not going to have as much impact on you. But Nicola and I built the largest group in this networking organization by, by double what the average is. The average group in improvisers is like 25 people. And we've got 56 people in our group. And everybody's envious of us because we were able to do this. And quite frankly, they're such children because it's a freaking networking group. We're not getting any money from this. But anyway, I digress. So I'm standing in front of a room full of these people yesterday, and I said, you know, everybody comes up to Nicola and me, and they ask, hey, listen, how did you guys get 56 people to join your group? It's amazing. You know how we did it? It was really freaking simple. We asked 350 people to join the group. That's how we got 50. So we got a ton of no's. We got so many no's. And most of you would stop after the first three. You'd be like, oh, my goodness, these are no to me. I'm never going to ask anybody else. But what do we do? We just persevered. We pushed through that. That's the story of business. My favorite no. I have to jump in. My favorite no. And it was early. It was out of the gate. I'm asking people I knew personally to join this organization. I was asked if it was a multi-level marketing scheme. I said, yes, I would be calling you as a fellow professional who knows you to get you in on a multi-level marketing scheme. Like, come on. But that goes to show you. We got Amway. (laughs) We we got Amway products. We got Tupperware. We got steak knives. We got whatever you want. Whatever you want. We got a fund that mirrors the S&P 500. Join us today. (laughs) But, you you know, this is feedback from somebody I know and I like. So I had to respond to it in a professional way. Look. Takes no, you gotta be able to handle it. We could have stopped there, but we didn't. I remember all the people who said yes because I talked to them every month. I can't tell you, I can't tell you one person that I thought that I think of on a regular basis who told me no. I the only people I know yeah. I can remember who told me no, one of them just signed up this month. Okay. She might be listening to the show. Okay. But those people are the only ones I remember who said no because they came back to me afterwards and they said, hey, you know, this thing you mentioned to me a year ago, I'm starting to hear about it all over the place now. Are you still doing it? Like as if I would have dropped out. <laughs> oh, it's really successful. I'm done. I only work with people. I only work with right. things until they reach the pinnacle of success. And then oh, I wait. No, of and course not. And by the way, that person's partner came back and joined the organization and, th- and thinks it's the best thing out there. So it did work. It just took, t- took yeah. time for them to well, realize we got, what we were yeah, what we were pitching was something really excellent for that. We got we got a lot more steak knives to sell, <laughs> so we got we got a lot more we got a lot more Tupperware we got to move. So, listen, the bottom line on this, folks, is every time you hear no, 
the way to look at it is it gets closer it gets you closer to a yes mark cuban says that all the time yes. every no i hear gets me closer to a yes and while that is not technically true those of you who are engineers out there yeah there is no rational science of the universe that every no gets you closer to a yes it's an attitude that you have where every no gets you closer to a yes so that you keep trying so that you keep persevering you're the field goal kicker which means you have a short memory the one you missed yesterday has no impact on the shot you're taking today That'll do it for this edition of the Inside BS Show, folks. You said yes to us, and we're glad you did. We hope you say yes and join us here again tomorrow. And there's one more yes we're going to ask you for, and that's the yes to share the show. Our show only grows when people like you share the show with other entrepreneurs. So forward this show on to somebody else. It's good karma for you. You may just change the life or the business of somebody you care about. Till tomorrow, I'm Dave Lorenzo, the godfather of growth, and I'm here with my pal, Nikki G. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. Thanks for joining us. Take care.